cake cooks. Underestimated and still I made it. In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated. Nobody told me looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favored. Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors. DB precision, television, ain't asked for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers. No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie. Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me. Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just respect it, it's honest. Run through opponents, watch the film, it's affected by promise. Sit back and grab your popcorn, watch me go to work. And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First. Uh. Man, I remember when this whole journey started, this like podcast journey, and people were telling me I should do one. It was mostly people that just really liked me, so it's like four people in the entire world, I said, I'm going to do a podcast only if I get to talk about things I want to talk about. And I don't necessarily need it to be famous or huge or people need to love it, but it will be good sometimes, almost like therapy, right? To get out things that I want to talk about. And this brings me back to how I started in this business. Uh, For people who don't know, I asked for an internship. I went there, worked for a week. And during that week, Teddy Bruschi took me out Not took me out, actually. We just ate in the cafeteria, but it felt like he was taking me out. But he sat with me and was kind of talking to me about the business. He talked about the pay. He talked about the work. He talked about the schedule, why it was good to kind of have this job after retirement, like the cool parts about it. And so part of what he said to me was, you never go against the squad. Now, we all know what this meant for Teddy Bruschi, a Ring of Honor member Uh, for the New England Patriots, played over a decade in the league, a multi-time Super Bowl champion, and just an all-around great football player on top of being an awesome dude. If you follow Teddy Bruschi and know kind of the things that he has done post-career after having a stroke, the, the, the Teddy's team, all of these different things, like just a good dude. And he said, you never go against the squad. And for him, that meant that You never go against the New England Patriots. You never say things that might make people look at you differently who are a part of that fan base or a part of that organization. And I'm sitting down and I'm hearing it. And I know when Teddy's telling me that, that that's the right thing, right? Teddy Bruschi can go anywhere he want in Boston, Massachusetts, anywhere in the New England area and get whatever he wants. He probably doesn't pay for meals. I'm sure he doesn't pay for Ubers and transportations. There's a dude that will probably ride up to Teddy Bruschi's house on January 1st when it's zero degrees and put him on the back of a bike if they have to get him where he needs to go. Because of, one, who he was as a player, what he stands for now as a man, and the way he feels about the Patriot way and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady when he was there and everything that Robert Kraft and that organization does. Because they drafted him and they stood by him and he finished his career there and he won championships. And the way that he was treated and loved always said, you are a patriot. Now, the thing that was different about that was I ain't get drafted by nobody. So in a sense, I ain't got no team. I don't have a squad. Like I don't have a building that I'm loyal to. Right. Is it going to be the New York Giants? Right. And, and 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 Jeremiah, who was the one scout that said I was good enough to give an opportunity to come to rookie camp. And I got a check that was like six hundred and eighty dollars for a signing bonus. Like, do, do, do I do I give that loyalty to the Giants who two years later, Tom Coughlin sits across from me and tells me I'm not good enough 
to play safety in this league. I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not physical enough. I don't have the right measurables to be a good safety in this league. And then 11 years later, I retire after starting the next 11 years. Like, is that the team that I owe my loyalty to that no matter what they do, I say that it's a good thing? Or is it Washington, right? The team that picked me up the day before training camp because one safety goes down, Sean Taylor bangs his knee. The team that didn't pick me from the workout that picked another guy who deserved it. He ran freaking 4-3 at a workout. Who does that? And then they call me back from the airport because he fails his physical. Is it that team? Is it the team that two years later, after starting for two years with Sean Taylor, after being on two top five defenses, says that Adam Archuleta is their guy? But you can come back and you will play. You just got to do it for league minimum when we give him $30 million? Is that the team? Absolutely not, right? We know that. We know that I'm not going to be loyal to that building. Now, there's some people there that I still love. Miss BJ being the, the first, because as soon as you walk in the building, she greets you. She treats you like a, a, a human, right? It's just good people. I love her. Loyal to her. If anybody ever says anything wrong about Miss BJ, I'm there. But the rest of it, eh, not so much, right? And so then we get to Pittsburgh, right? Chris Hope leaves. Pittsburgh brings me in. We have eight wonderful years there. Not everybody there likes me. Why? Because I challenged the media when I thought they were wrong. If something happened with the fans, I challenged the fans if I thought they were wrong. Right? Even down to Art Rooney Jr., I felt he was wrong one day, and I said it. Now, did Coach Tomlin call me two hours later and say, I just left the building, saving your job? Absolutely. But that's just who I am. If I feel it, most times I say it. And so now you, you have this job and you play in these certain places. And the way that this job works is when I say good things about your team and the people you like, I'm really good at my job to you. If I say bad things about your team and the people you like, I am no longer good at my job. That's the way it works. It's not about whether or not your opinion is based in reasoning. Your opinion is based in film. Your opinion is based in Analytics, your opinion is based in stats. Your opinion is based in experience and wisdom and things that you've been through. It doesn't matter because if your opinion is different than my opinion, then I don't really F with you. That's how it works. Right? And so you never go against the squad. That's what he told me. And so like people in Pittsburgh, right, because they're so loyal to their team because everything that happens in Pittsburgh revolves around yellow and black. Black and yellow, right? That's what Wiz said, black and yellow, black and gold. Whether it's the Pirates, the Penguins, the Steelers, among, among all things, right? On, amongst all things, on top of all things, they matter the most. I don't always say good things about the Steelers, right? Like I have a loyalty to Ben. People don't think I do, but I do, right? Big Ben, while suspended, went to watch my kid play. They had a great relationship. He called me and asked about him this offseason uh, during COVID when he had a run-in at the Whataburger, like, I, I, I actually have love for dude. And so there are times that I protect him or I don't say certain things because I realize that he has some deposits in my emotional bank account. But when it comes to the football, I talk about the football. If it comes to leadership and I have some insight into it, I give honest insight into it, but not necessarily a critique or a judgment because I know him because we have a relationship if it was Marquise Pouncey, when it was Ramon Foster, if it's Cam Hayward, Vince Williams, who's no longer there, all these people who I have connections to, I treat them differently, right? 
Oh, I won't treat everybody the same, but I try to treat everybody fair. And so, like, it takes me up to, like, 2017 when I come on TV and Antonio Brown is, is cutting the fool in Pittsburgh, and I tell a story because that's my job. I can tell stories. I get to tell stories because stories are important sometimes because they give you context. So the story I tell on Scott Van Pelt when Antonio Brown misses the last game of the season against the Cleveland Browns when he stands on the sideline or shows up at the game in a mink or a, fork, a fur coat, I can't afford it, so I'm not, not really sure necessarily what animal it was. And I say, you know what? I knew this would happen one day. Now, I knew this would happen one day because of our experiences. And because of our experience, I talked about seeing him before he got his deal, the day he got his deal, because I knew if Mike Wallace didn't sign a deal, then he would sign a deal. And I said, you know what? You guys have to be careful because you're going to create a monster, right? And now to the black community, that's wrong because that's another black man. And you're saying this about him to somebody who is not black, who can affect his money. And looking back on that, I say, you know what? I didn't think it would affect his money because I didn't necessarily think that I was that, that my voice was that big in the organization. But I see that. I get that. I see why you might be mad, but I didn't mean it that way because he was going to get his money anyway. My thing was them watching him and guiding him and protecting him against himself. I said, yeah, you're going to create a monster if you give him money and you continue to let the things that I see now go on. And eventually it blew up. Now, I had that story since, I don't know, 2012. I never told it because it was never relevant to football. It wasn't important that people knew that I knew this story, right? But I, I tell the story, and at the time, he's still beloved in Pittsburgh. We didn't see the things that transpired in Oakland when the Raiders were still there, the things that transpired or the things that we found out in between time, in the meantime, with, with, with New England or being let go from them. Like the Antonio Brown that the whole world eventually knew that now has seen the change. They didn't know those things, so I was kind of early on it. And in being early on it, right, you took heat. Right. The fans there, you're jealous. You were never as good as him. You know, this is something that you held because of what he said about you when, when you left. And for those who don't know that story, I was on TV. I was a part of the NFL PA's executive committee and we were talking about marijuana. And I was saying I didn't think marijuana was a bad thing. I was saying I thought marijuana was better than alcohol. I thought marijuana was better than opiates. I thought that we should lower the or raise the level in which guys are penalized for using marijuana because some dudes need it. And so when asked, did I ever have a teammate who used marijuana? I was like, yeah, one, because everybody knows I've been on teams where dude that fails drug tests. So how in the hell am I going to lie and say, no, I don't know nobody? Hell yeah. And I also said, you tell me when you've had a problem from a high person, other than the fact they're going to sit on the sofa, put a hole in your freaking couch and eat all your food. That's it. They don't do stupid stuff. They pretty much don't do nothing. But some people that helped them cope, whether it was mentally, emotionally, and physically. So I was trying to help. He says, oh, he's jealous. So now he's saying he has teammates. But because what he didn't know is I played for three teams at the time. In 12 years, I wasn't pointing to particular teammates on particular teams, but he felt a way about it. I felt a way about it because of this. The first two birthday parties your son has, I'm part of planning that. The second one, I planned the entire one. I paid for it. I never asked for anything. So the, the subsequent behavior that I hear 
from that I'm because I'm there when you're doing some of these things. Obviously, people report to me when some of these things happen still in Pittsburgh. So I know these things that are going on. We still deal with some of the same therapists, chefs, these things. And so I'm seeing these things, but I'm not telling people. Because it had nothing to do with football and the stories that people are feeding me to try to taint your image publicly, to try to hurt you publicly. I'm not saying nothing about those things because that ain't got nothing to do with my job. I don't report. But by the time we get to this situation, by, by the time we get to this actual occurrence, right, it was pertinent to what was going on. So I told my story. And then after telling my story, I'm all of these things to Pittsburgh Steelers fans or the people who love the team, to people who love Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown tells me, you know, whenever I see you, it's on site. And I was like, cool. Makes sense to me. I got no issues with that. Right? But then I go on first take the next day, and they're kind of trying to, like, play up on this. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make this a joke. I'm not going to use this for TV because when I said it the first time, it wasn't to be used to escalate anything, and I'm not going to escalate it now. If we have a personal problem, we have a personal problem that gets handled personally, but that's not football. Because there has to be some type of code here, and there was a loyalty to him, which is why it never came out if it never dealt with football. And let me say this about Antonio Brown. I knew all these things about Antonio Brown, but a lot of them weren't issues to me because people often ask me, if you thought these things, if there was selfishness involved, why did you never say anything on the team? You know why? Because it made him work harder than I'd ever seen an offensive player work in my life. Because he was the dude that would catch a punt during the special teams period and run it from end zone to end zone, jog back, have one guy go in between, catch the punt again, and do it again. He was a dude that in the last week of 2010 or 2011 Super Bowl, when you're playing the Green Bay Packers on Thursday doing kickoff return period, he caught the ball in the end zone. He ran it 100 yards. He jogged back. They did it again. The next year, he's the return specialist. Eventually, he's the wide receiver in the Pro Bowl. He's an all-pro for six years. He has the greatest run we've ever seen at the position. He's an all-time great. It didn't matter to me why he worked. It just mattered that he did work and that it made us a better football team. And when that changed and it started to affect the football team and my job was to talk about how it affected the football team, I had to say it. But I'm also realizing that in talking about this one particular player, which I feel like is not going against the squad because it's actually hurting the squad, I'm doing what Teddy Bruschi, Bruschi told me to never do, and you never go against the squad. And so that passes, some other things happen, some people who have some type of logic and rationale in their life, say, dang, R.C. was kind of right. You know what? He wasn't wrong. And then the people who know him and know him well was like, nah, R.C. was actually protecting him this whole time. But I know that. And because of social media, now you deal with people because you can DM whoever you want. Now you deal with people and you answer them. And I like reading why you hate me. I like reading why my eight years in Pittsburgh or why my 13 years in the league make nothing. Why what I gave the team, why losing organs for the team, while willing to go back, being willing to go back and play in Denver and risk my life again, I realize why those things don't matter because now it's all about the squad because you never go against the squad. Man, bump them colors. Bump that building. I got to do a job. I am loyal to people not places. And so now, 
Fast forward this to two weeks ago. Um, I think it was March 17th. I, I should have researched it. I felt like I didn't have to research because it's my life. I, I'm, I'm on the NFL live call and we're talking and we're kind of going over the Juju thing. And, you, you know, I'm seeing the Juju Smith-Schuster post uh, with the Wolf of Wall Street that he's staying and how hard it was going to be to pry him from Pittsburgh. And, you know, you, the, the, the smoke screens, at least from the behind the scenes conversations I'm having with NFL insiders and different people about the offers he had, whether it was Kansas City or Baltimore, the offers he had that he gave up, you know, more money, that he gave up better opportunity to stay. Maybe that's true, right? And going into year nine, I had an opportunity to go to the Miami Dolphins. Their offer started at $5 million more than the offer I ended up taking to stay in Pittsburgh because it was for my happiness, right? Their selling point. We're going to pay you more money. You're going to get to do all the things that Troy does. We know you're overlooked because you play with him. You come here, you become an all-pro, a pro bowler. You extend your career. You make more money. You live in Miami, all these things. Being in that building didn't fit, fit right with my soul. Jeff Ireland's conversation with me didn't say that that was a place that I was supposed to be. So I got my own flight booked on AirTran. I don't even know if you even guys even remember AirTran anymore. Got my own flight booked, got on the flight, and I left. They looked at me as a bad dude, as a bad person, all of these things. The way you're talking to me and the way you're treating me, the way you're behaving towards me, some of the things you are using to negatively speak to me don't fit right with my soul. I'm going to go some back, go back somewhere I'm comfortable. Now, those stories were never heard. How much less money I took was never a part of me saying why I'm going back to Pittsburgh. I went back to Pittsburgh because it was the place for me. I didn't need smokescreen. I didn't need my agent, Joe Turner, to talk about how much less money I took, all these things. Because I was going back to play there. It wasn't about playing to the fans. But that's who dude is. And that's okay with me. I like Juju Smith-Schuster. I think the kid works hard. I think he's an awesome ambassador as to what you can be as a football player and give back to your community. I think he's fun, right? I think he's in... He's, he's someone you can enjoy as a personality. The TikTok stuff and TikTok fame is cool, right? Because now you brand yourself with the YouTube page and all these things to be set up after ball, which I did. I didn't have the YouTube page and things like that weren't big, but I interned at ESPN. I set myself up for a job after football. I understand all of this stuff. Here's what I also did. I played for Pittsburgh. I was voted captain by my teammates. I won a Super Bowl. I played in two. I was a pro bowler, right? And I worked my freaking butt off for W's and wins. And if the perception or the reality of what I'm doing isn't helping the Pittsburgh Steelers get wins, then I got to stop. If it isn't part of what we want to do as an organization, I got to stop. When I'm pissed off with the NFL and Roger Goodell for finding James Harrison, for finding me, and I'm steady going at the NFL because I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the rep. I got to take care of my guys. When I'm constantly doing that and Coach Tomlin feels like it's not helping our team win and he calls me into his little tiny film room office and says, R.C., you got to stop throwing rocks at tanks. It's not going to help us win. I stopped. 
Okay, coach. If it ain't helping us win, cool. If it ain't helping my guys, then cool. So when Josh Allen is about to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he says, you let them dance, we just going to do the work. That's something I would have said if I was playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If I'm watching Juju Smith-Schuster go out to the logo before every game and do a TikTok, and that being important to him on game day, then I say, oh, okay. They ain't working. It's two hours before the game, and they're more serious about, they're more concerned about their dance and how these 14 to 18-year-olds are going to love them on TikTok and build their brand than they are making sure Johnson doesn't pick off this press out and get a pick six or making sure on the high low early on in Cincinnati, I hold he holds on to the ball when Von Bell lights him up. And eventually he has the conversation. He says, you know what? The TikToks are not helping the team. We're done. I'm done with them. I thought that was a good thing. And so when he comes out and he sends out this tweet that they've accepted me, that they've embraced me. No, they haven't embraced all of you because all of you was doing the TikToks. And so now, again, you're trying to use social media to play to the fans and to play this all up. Bruh, just go play ball. And I know the other people, it's like, oh, you the old man, the, the, the get off my lawn, you know, the dude that thought that the Shy Lights and Teddy Pendergrass and, and, and Luther Vandross was, 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 was better music than Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Tupac. And I was sitting there saying, nah, this is real music. Listen to this. Let's put the 8-track in. I get that. But I don't, I'm, I'm not speaking about what happens in Buffalo. I'm not speaking about what it's like to be a Baltimore Raven. I'm not speaking about what it's like to be a Miami Dolphin. I'm speaking about what it's like to be a Pittsburgh Steelers because even though Steeler, because even though they didn't draft me, even though I didn't retire there, I know what that's like. I know what it takes. I've won championships. So I could say that. I can have that feeling. Because the same Pittsburgh that even if you're from there, you think you know, you don't know inside that building. But I do. And that's all I was talking about. And so now you get the things you're you're pissed off because you can never be the player he's he is. What has he done? All I'm talking about is you have an opportunity to be the number one. You never ascend and be the number one. You have an opportunity to be the leader of a room, and he is young, and I get that. He's compared to Hines, but he's not Hines. I get that. He wants, he, he wants to do videos twerking. Like he, that's fun to him. Do that. right? But when you're the leader of a room, which he is, we got to learn that the TikToks can't be more important than the ball, that the fun can't be more important than the ball. And that our fun doesn't always have to be shared. We can do some things and enjoy some things and keep some things for us. That was all I was saying. And so now he's the leader of a room, right? And the most talented member of that room after getting blown out by the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, y'all, blown out by the Browns at Heinz Field. I'm talking about whipped. Whipped so bad that your two leaders are crying. On the sideline, Chase Claypool comes out. It don't matter. They're going to get whipped by Kansas City. That's the most loserous loser statement I've ever heard. But there's no leadership. Now, Chase Claypool is responsible for Chase Claypool. Right? 
And listen, I understand how like all these things are going to be received. Like I work out to keep these big dudes up off me. I understand I might walk around. They might feel some type of way and I might got to see them. That's okay. If they want to have the conversations, we can have the conversation. But that's a loser statement. It doesn't matter if Kansas City sends them home because they sent you home. Shut up. Hold your L. Let's go work out. Let's be better. Is he a great talent? Absolutely. Can the kid ball? Absolutely. Was I on the Chase Claypool bandwagon at the beginning of the season as the president of the Chase Claypool fan club? Hell yeah, because he can flat out ball. But that ain't okay. Right? And I don't, and let me say this. I don't know if Juju Smith-Schuster called him after this and said that's not okay. I don't know. He may have. But he should have. But here's why he couldn't call my phone if I'm Chase Claypool. Bruh, you doing TikToks and we out here losing. But see, Chase Claypool probably thinks that's okay too, right? Because that's the leader of the room. So that was all I was saying. That was my reaction. And again, people, this happened two weeks ago. Why are we bringing it up now? We're bringing it up now because somebody posted. Because that's the, that's the era that we live in. You can post it. You can ask questions to whoever you ask questions to. You can DM people. Like, that's what it's about. So you know what I do? I answer it. Because whether I agree with it or not, whether I think it's stupid as hell or not, it's always good to get perspective. This is how you receive it. This is how it lays on your heart on your mind, on your conscience. This is how you feel. Thank you for telling me. I'm cool that my years there don't matter to you because this is the dude you like. I'm also cool and happy that I don't care if people like me. Right? Because what I care about is knowing that every morning I'm going to wake up, be the exact same way. I'm going to speak the same way. I'm going to feel the same way. You're going to get the same thing. So if you hate me, you get to hate me your whole life because I'm consistently me. And if you love me, you get to love me your whole life because I'm consistently me. And I'm okay with that because now I don't have to guess who the hell you are or how you feel about me. Because if you are only treating me a certain way based off of my actions and how they affect you, then they will never change. So you never have to change. Never go against the squad. The squad ain't a building. The squad is a group of individuals. It's a group of people. My people ain't really there. Now, Coach T, you'll never hear me call for his job. I don't care if they're 0-16. Because that's my guy. That's my friend. I will talk about the fact that he needs to be coached better. I may even talk about the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers will look into his job. I'm never going to say he should lose it. Because I'm loyal to people, not places. What my career journey taught me is that there are some people that are going to like you. There are some people that are going to love you. Some are going to dislike you. Some are going to hate you. Right? But those buildings hold no worth to you. Those logos hold no worth to you. The logo on my helmet changed four times. The name on the back of the jersey never changed. Somebody else wore 25, and you can bet that people were cheering for Artie Burns to be better than Ryan Clark. People forgot that Ryan Clark wore 25 at any point in his life. Because now Artie Burns is the new Pittsburgh Steeler wearing that number. So my job isn't to come on and make people like me. My job isn't to come on and make people say, you know what, I love everything that he says. If I'm that dude, then I'm not authentic, or I'm just you, or you actually have no mind of your own to think. 
What you should hear is he's not biased. These things aren't personal. These are his opinions from study, experience, and film. You don't have to agree with me. We can agree to disagree respectfully or non-respectfully. I really don't care. The thing is this. To never go against the squad is to never be honest with the squad. And my brothers, my sister, my family, my friends all know that the honesty is better. Because when I do tell you you're doing something good, I mean it. If I think it's great, if I think it's perfect, you'll know. You will never have to question how I feel because it will always be the truth. A.B. loved the player, didn't necessarily love the person. When the player and the person met, I gave you my opinion in the middle of that. Juju loved the dude, loved the kid, loved the player. Don't always love how the player approaches or respects the game. When those things met, I gave you my opinion in the middle. It wasn't about the logo on the helmet. It wasn't about the color of the jerseys. It was about Ryan Clark and his job as it pertains to AB and Juju. And I'm always going to give it to you straight, whether you like it or not. I don't backpedal. I did that, I did that for a living because they paid me. But when I planted my foot and it was time to come forward, I ran in a straight line, and it didn't matter who was in front of me. I wasn't stopping until we all hit the ground. So when I plant my foot, when I'm making a decision about this is my opinion, I am not stopping until we all hit the ground. This is face first. Never go against the squad. Appreciate you, Teddy Bruschi. Appreciate you, AB. Appreciate you, Juju. Join us next week. Thank you all.